Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Oh, wow. Feels like we just did this like a little bit ago, Nick. It's Groundhog Day all over again, episode 85. For, for anyone who's listening to the live show, they're like, you just did that. And that's because we did a massive overhaul, which I'll save maybe towards the end of the show. But Nick's quality mm-hmm. should sound better. Nick, give everybody a test. How are you doing? I'm going to give everyone a test. We're going to go check, 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 one, two. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I am doing great. I'm actually at my apartment out here in Virginia. I've slowly been able to kind of set up a desk today, which I actually have the desk kind of reverse right now so that I can be far away from the camera with the microphone on my desk. And uh, no, hopefully it's actually coming in a lot better than it has in the past. It, it is. People are saying they can hear you now. That's that's a good thing. Awesome. So we're, we'll talk to you in a minute about uh, uh, you had a great weekend, uh, but welcome to the studio, Evan. I feel like I asked you that already, too, or said that, but welcome to the studio. Um, you got some stats to bring us. In fact, of I, course, I think. Can we put him up? Yeah, I think. You told me right before the show started, there's like a massive stat that you wanted to say, but we're not doing it yet. You got to wait till we yeah, get Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll give them a little tease that it's cool. Um, and we'll, <laughs> we'll let uh, Missy Gannon hear it. Okay. Oh, and um, that's good. And uh, Ben, I'm stuttering here, but you're helping me a lot. What is today an anniversary of? Today is my anniversary of playing disc golf consistently i'd say i started april 4th last year at buffenville dam before that i played like 10 15 times in my life one of the first times i ever played was a doubles league night with matt himself and that's how i know him full circle moment wow that is (laughs) i think i remember that i was like who's this young punk it was so bad. You probably thought it was trash. You're like, I, I hope, I hope I'm your partner. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, you do. No, I'm kidding. Not that good. Uh, Nick, is it okay on your side now? You can see us, correct? Yeah. No, we're we're all good. Someone did write in the chat though, because I actually have the chat going on on my cell phone that they said the uh, wired headphones sound so much better than the AirPods. I'm actually just using the headphones to hear better and to hear myself. But I got the Yeti going tonight, and now the Yeti actually seems like it's working. <laughs> so hopefully quality wise, I should be doing a lot better and it's only going to get better uh, when I get back from Georgia in about two weeks. Well, all I can say is we've been working really hard. Uh, ben, myself, we came in studio a few times this week, right up till the show. And I've, as you can tell, some things went wrong right, right before the show. We had to figure this all out, uh, but it's coming together and it's getting more technical. <laughs> we need to pay Ben a, a few more dollars, I think. More jerky. <laughs> more jerky. There you go. Just so and jerky. So Nick, give us the short version, but congratulations. A B tier win. Yeah. Is that correct? How far did you yeah, have to drive B-tier. for this one? Uh two and a half. Okay. Oh, technically three and a half hours out towards DC. Uh I was able to win yesterday and it was fun. It was a great time. The only thing that was kind of annoying was as I was warming up before the first round, I was practice putting on, you know, I started on 15, so I'm practice putting on hole 14. And someone let off, and it's a very, it's a pretty short hole. And the people that were teeing off saw us throwing. They were also practicing their tee shots. We were putting, you know, a couple times they yelled four. <laughs> so, and we're always paying attention. And then like five minutes goes by, I'm sitting there putting. And all of a sudden a drive, someone throws a drive and last second, and he, I hear four. 
And so I kind of like go to, you know, cover my head and my body. And all of a sudden my ankle just gets smacked with a stalker. And, uh, and it didn't feel too bad. The only thing that was kind of cool about it, I'm going to end the story here, was if you guys have ever seen the Michael Jordan's Last Dance TV show that he did, every single time someone did something to Michael Jordan, he always would say like, and I took that personally. And so that's kind of how I use that little bit of motivation where I was like, I took that personally. So now I'm just going to try to go out there and win. And uh, so it was kind of a funny moment, but yeah, I ended up winning. I uh, threw a great drive on the last hole. I made a good putt that I needed to like know that if I hit this putt, I'm going to win. I hit the putt. I won it and technically took home my biggest payday in disc golf, especially for something that was only one day. Stat or fiction, more than (laughs) $10,000. Yeah, I've made a hundred grand playing this tournament that one time. (laughs) Largest payout of all time, Evan. We're happy to have you in the studio. It was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. So congratulations on that. And I will say we're excited to, uh, because, you know, only the things we talk about on the show is what we actually use. If we're not talking about it on the show, we don't use it. So Hempfield Botanicals took a break for a while. I'm kidding. We have Hempfield Botanicals, everybody. This product right here, I'll try to get it always to focus on the screen. Excellent product. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what you place on your body post disc golf round. Evan, have you ever had a round of disc golf where the next day you said, oh, I'm feeling it? I am 26 years old and I have the body of a 50 year old. So (laughs) yes, I've had those days. I feel the same way. And Nick, I don't want to say, you know, as a professional, you have like a perfect situation going on, but like, do you feel those aches and pains too? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Especially if I have a tournament on Saturday and Sunday, or I just had a really, really busy week playing Mondays are usually my like hardest day to get up. My achiest day, my body definitely feels it the most on a Monday. Yeah. So recovery is important for performing at your highest level in disc golf. There's no jokes there, especially for those of us who want to perform at our highest, not necessarily the pro level, but our highest we're feeling it as well. Um, these are recommended, as you can see on screen, they're by physicians, orthopedic surgeons, neurologists, physical therapists. They provide muscle recovery and pain relief for athletes. They believe, and I have experienced, feel good, play better. It is that for me. In fact, Evan, before the show, we talked a little bit about this. It has a cooling feeling. And now you have not had this product in hand yet, but it's on its way for you. Are you excited? Yes, that sounds awesome. So it cools. Do you like things that cool on touch? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, this is that soothing feeling when it just like you just achy, warm body and then you just put it on. It's just nice and cool, soothing. Just <laughs> it feels good. And it's got the CBD product in here. Again, no THC in the products we're talking about specifically. But you also have this salve right here. Oh, I get it to focus again. I got to hide my face. That's it's a little salve jar. And honestly, that is for the what Nick talked about getting hit in the ankle or or you really kind of twisted your ankle and it hurt, go ahead and put some of this on there. You know, take care of yourself. We're really excited to have them back. On screen, you can see it 20% off your order if you use code Nick and Matt. 20%. Not many people do that. 20% is significant. You've supported us before in the past by shopping there. Go do it again. Get all your CBD products there. Thank you, Hempfield Botanicals. Nick. What happened at Music City Open? Did you see who took it down? My boy, Chris Dickerson, going two for two so far in the Silver Series event, took it down on the MPO side. 
And then one of my other homies from Discraft, Missy Gannon, taking it down on the FPO side. Super fun to watch. Great battles in both both last rounds. I know Adam Ham has put on a great push through seven holes right off the rip. I think he was only one back at one or two points that round. Nico played great all weekend, steadily averaged pretty well above his rating. And then Missy Gannon, that last round, they, you know, a little bit of a shaky start. Brought a lot of competition back into it. I know Cat Merch was hanging by for a while. Hodley Finley was up there. And uh, just awesome battles going back and forth with Missy, all in all, though, taking it down and Chris Dickerson. Yeah, well. Evan, what did Nick miss? You got the highlights for us or the uh, lowlights or whatever you got. This was both their second Silver Series win. Uh, Missy Gannon won Stafford Open. Stafford, whatever, last year. <laughs> Stafford, whatever. My house is on Stafford Street. We Maybe Ooh, she yeah, wins that one Street day, too. Open. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. Uh, Chris Dickerson <laughs> wins a second in a row, so he wins back-to-back -back Silver Series. He's the first MPO player to do that. Um, very interesting. And on the MPO side, Lori Lettinen finished third, um, which he is a Finnish player. Uh, all, all I shouldn't say all. Tons of Europeans have been able to come over this year. Very exciting. That's the best MPO European player finish since 2019 when Sipo Payu uh, finished third at both 2019 Waco and MVP Open. Okay. That's a good overview right there. Um, Adam Hammes, just a quick discussion on him. Again, I talk a lot of disc golf. I got this other show. I can't remember what I talk about on each show. But Adam Hammes is someone that I don't know that I project him to play better than he did last year. Um. I feel like he performed really well. And I, I, I don't want to say it this way. We've got Missy in our green room, but like she started really turning it on mid season, late season. And if you look at Hamas, it was very similar in nature. And you got this like last look at them before the season closed out as performing really high level. And you got to wonder what that expectation does for them. And it does for their fans when they might be playing at a really high level for themselves. Right. And it's hard to maintain that. Now, can they both start to perform higher? Sure, but your mean, right, as a player, doesn't just go from there to there, like, immediately. It takes a while, and they continue to ramp. I don't know if Hamas performs that well. It's a silver series. What do you take away? Is that great for Hamas, or is this just like, eh, well, second yeah, place? I think, I think personally, um, and Adam's been open about it, saying he's had a very sluggish start to the season, has definitely not been playing the way that he knows he can play or that he wants to play, and so I think this was a really good kind of refresher of, like, you got the skills, go out there, put it together, and you know you can compete at the highest level with every single player in the world right now. We've seen it last year. We're going to start seeing it this year. We're, he's also taking a week mm -hmm. off. He's not playing Tallahassee, and he's getting some rest up to be able to go out to Georgia, which if you remember back in 2019, went into a playoff against Calvin Heinberg at the Hall of Fame Classic. So a course that he does do pretty well at, he has in the past. I think in 2017 when they were hosting Worlds there out in Georgia, for a while, he was, I think, going into the final round, he was in second place. And that was back when, you know, he's an Innova-sponsored kid at that point. Now we kind of see him as this Discraft-sponsored adult. And uh, so I think I think this was a really good stepping stone and Adam's kind of jumpstart into his season this year. And then same thing with Missy Gannon. You know, definitely hasn't started out probably the way that she has wanted to. But getting this win, I think, is that big confidence boost. doesn't matter... You know, a majority of the great players were at this event, minus Paige and Katrina, and maybe a few others. That I'm Haley King. I had Haley King. We haven't seen Haley. Valerie. Yet. Did Valerie and Mason not go to this one? I don't think they did, but 
I would assume Mason at least played it because he won it last year. Evan, do we have any names in there? I got to pull it up. Uh, yeah, I'll have to double check. Kristen Tatar also have... flew back to Kristen, yep. Estonia. Yep. So, okay. Anyways, well, still a very solid field with players playing very well. And I think for both of them, I think this is a good kind of like jump start into how I think the rest of the season will go. I'll kind of end it on this. I've never played windier tournaments than I have the first two months of tournament season this year. It's in, it's insane how windy it has been. So I think hopefully as the kind of like weather or seasons progress on, hopefully it gets a little less windy. I know it's not going to be like that out of DDO or anything. Well, I, I think that is a huge factor in how players are playing. I mean, wind, wind has been crazy this year. It's insane. Yeah. It's been like the story of it as far as like, people saying post rounds like oh i used my disc my trusty captain's raptor or whatever like i used yeah like they're talking exactly. about like overstable disc um yeah. so interesting we have uh, we're getting really close to bringing missy in but i just wanted to talk about one other thing chris went out to say today on his social media that you know thanks everybody for the celebration of my win a lot of cool things here i love playing in tennessee and then more or less summarized by saying he calls on the event to take notice that it needs to change to stay relevant. And I don't think the fully, course needs to change. Yeah, yeah. The course needs to change. I don't know if he means like actually change venue to keep this like music city open relevant, or if he meant the actual course it's on, I think he meant the course it was on, but it's a silver series. Does it, it, I don't think it has aspirations to become a pro tour because it kind of, it was already in the national tour scene. And then it kind of got brought in as a silver series. Mm -hmm. Does it need to change? That's a real question. Are we trying to make this elite pro status, this event? Or are we trying to say, this is that mid-range, get into the pro tour, win some of these. And so when Chris Dickerson is an elite player, at least top five, to him, it might seem like it needs to change. Maybe it does. I don't have the full scoop there. Nick or Evan, do you have any opinions on that? I guess my only opinion on it is... It all depends on how you want to view the tour in the future for elite series events. And I guess I'll kind of ask you guys this question is, do you want to see the same events get played every single year and in year out? Or do you want to see the possibility of, let's say music city open gets a redesign, ends up being an elite series next year. And let's say D goes down to a silver series. Like, you know what I mean? So like the bigger events, do we want to keep those exactly the same every single year where no matter what, we're going back to Ledgestone, D um, waco texas state stuff like that or do we want to see these other events kind of kick up and not kick other events off the tour but maybe kind of switch it out which one are the biggest events of the year Ooh, that's good i'm going to pass that over to evan though uh, i'll say there's a lot of different attributes that can make a course either good or bad i think we're hearing a lot from the players on uh, terms of like quality of play from the player's perspective uh, then you also have the viewer perspective on how how it looks there and then also just the entertainment perspective if you have a lot of close races and playoffs that provides more entertainment value as a spectator uh watching online i really enjoyed the the quality of the tee pads and just the general aesthetics of this course i think we missed that during the whole texas swing i'm going to be honest this every single tee pad was a clean turf tee pad with a little mulch around it the greens looked really good had a little bit too much kind of rope OB where you couldn't tell as a viewer where was inbounds or out of bounds. But besides that, as a viewer, I thought it looked great. But then just like you can say, that's great. You got to worry about the players and, and how is there. I heard there were some thorns. 
Maybe they didn't love um, cactuses. Well, cactuses, but those are kind of special. <laughs> They're at least cacti? marked off. Yeah, yeah, true. Cacti. Cactuses. <laughs> what are we? The Nick yeah, and we don't, show? we don't know what those are. Yeah, anyways, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, if there's thorns uh, in the rough, that's not good. Uh, and if, if players don't think it was an elite design, like I'll respect that. That's not my place to judge that as much well, as it is a viewer. My point is, I don't know that it is an elite design, but is that what the Silver Series is meant to be? It's meant to be high quality and it should have a mm -hmm. standard, but is it meant to be elite? Like, yeah. should we be, should the Paul Macbeths and Chris Dickerson's yeah. be happy with it? Or should the Nick Carl, <laughs> Nick Carl's and like, yeah, that exactly. tier be like, this no, is well, good I'll, for me. I'll, I'll say this and then we'll bring Missy in. Yes. But any event that is a Silver Series event where you are going to get a majority of the top players in the world should have an elite design to it. I think 90% of the players should be able to walk away from it and be like, man, that was a badass course. Like, that was a very well-designed course. I don't think it matters. If you are bringing in the Paul Macbeth, the Ricky Wysockis, those players, like, we just saw them all at Belton, you know, but that, to me, is not an elite-level-designed course compared to maybe some other ones are. Right. So I think, yeah, if it's a tournament, I think the Silver Series are tournaments that want to become the Elite Series. They need to have an Elite level design to them that I'm not saying let's cater exactly to the top pros, but I'm saying like it needs to it needs to be better in a sense. Okay, I can buy into that. And I'm also doing things with audio filters at the same time you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not to be rude, nice. but there's a lot changed yeah, yeah. up for the show. Um, let's go ahead and welcome into the show. Really excited to have you coming in through our new, we're going to have to come up with it, the virtual Nick and Matt green room. Um, first Let's time, call it the Ben and Evan. <laughs> we'll just call that one the Ben and Evan the April, green room. April Fools, did you see that? Okay. <laughs> yeah. We got to welcome her to the show, though. Missy Gannon, everybody. Welcome to the show, Missy. Great to have you. Hi. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So I'm going to this. Put is this... a different spot than your normal camper. <laughs> I know, because today's been a very busy day. Mm -hmm. and literally just drove off an rv lot with a new camper oh so, whoa whoa nick and matt show exclusive everybody <laughs> so it's quite the disaster right now because we literally just threw everything from our old camper into the new camper and nothing is organized so i'm in the car instead <laughs> nice okay well, your, quality, your quality is still great and your audio oh, is still good oh yeah Perfect. it looks fantastic i am going to involve our fans just a little bit in this though i want you to tell me if she's coming across at a good volume uh, I'm going to trust you for tonight and then I'll fix it for next week if we have issues. But <laughs> I I've adjusted a few things and I think we should be pretty, pretty close. So welcome to the show. Tell me, Missy, first of all, we're so glad to have you back. What does a win like this mean for you as a player? You heard us speculating and talking, but what does a win like this mean for you? Uh, I mean, it, it, it. I don't know how to phrase it. it obviously, uh, a win early on in the season is, a really good thing and a good thing for my confidence a good thing for um you know just feeling like i'm i'm comfortable with where my game is at um however i do feel like uh for me i didn't play my best and i still won and i say that but meaning it's no secret you know um evelina henna uh both had struggles on the putting green. Um, and I think we all saw it. And one stat that I was, I was actually looking at Yuta's stats and I was kind of blown away. I had played with Henna every round, um, but I didn't play with Evelina until the final round. 
Uh, I looked at Evelina's stats from her second round that she shot five down. She shot five down with, uh, if Udisk is correct, correct uh, with 23% uh, circle one putting. Um, so, you know, say what you will, but had Hannah and Evelina both, you know, been uh, successful on the green, they, I would have came in third, no doubt about it. Um, you know, and that's, I, I, I don't really know how to, what to say about that really. It's just like, mm -hmm. we all kind of had our struggles, right? They might've struggled on the putting green, but I struggled in the fairway or off the mm -hmm. tee. Um, and I found success. In the so I feel like um, we all kind of didn't play our best. And it was basically whoever made the least mistakes won this past mm -hmm. weekend. I don't want to take anything away from my win because I'm I'm obviously really proud proud about it and um you know a, a win is a win so <laughs> you no, know exactly. however I can get it but uh, at the same time you know I think we all have have come away from this event with a lot of things that we learned and that we need to focus on and work on I think that's one of the best things coming away from an event is that you do find those things where if you're saying you might have just saying this as an example but if you were not great in the fairway, now you know what to practice coming up to this week. And then in two weeks, we got the major out in Georgia. So it at least gives you something to know that you worked on. Fortunately, you were the one who made kind of the least mistakes right. and were, you know, solid on the putting green, solid off the drives. And you were able to come away with the win with it. Mm -hmm. Now, for you weren't having a bad season before. I don't want to make it sound like that. Mm -hmm. But this is your first win. We've played five or six decently big size events so far this year, maybe three or four, depending how many you've played so far. Yeah. So kind of talk to us about those events that you've had in the past, like Waco, Belton, if you went to that one, Texas States, mm -hmm. anything like that. Like talk to us about your game then versus kind of like now how it's feeling. Yeah. So uh, I guess this is, I think, only my fourth event. So I've played Las Vegas, then Waco, and then um, skipped Belton, Texas mm -hmm. States, and then this uh, this event. So it's four events um, so far. And yeah, I mean, I finished seventh at, at, um, at LVC and, you know, I shot two okay rounds and then one really, really good round. Uh, or I guess we played four rounds, whatever. My last round was a killer round. Mm -hmm. um, so to come away with a seventh place there was an improvement from last year um, and coming away with a top 10 for my first event, I was pretty happy about Waco, I kind of slipped up. I think I came in like 12th or something. Um, just kind of dug myself in a hole the first round, but then had, you know, two pretty solid rounds after that. Uh, and Texas States, what did I take? My first top five. So, I mean, it, 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 to me, it's been pretty successful. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, coming off of the way I finished last year, um, it, you know, oh, I'm just going to come yeah. out and win everything right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's not gonna no, happen. exactly. Go out, you know, get player of the year and all that, <laughs> right. and then come out, and we're like, "Whoa, she's not winning every single event. Yeah, What's exactly. going on?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. And for me, I like you know that I did not expect to do that mm -hmm. anyway. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, the competition has obviously been super, um, super competitive, more so than we've seen in the past. Um, and so I'm, yeah, I'm actually pretty stoked about the way I've started, and then obviously getting getting to have that first place, uh, you know, next to my name is, uh, is, is great. And especially for, you know, the standings and all of that, it, it, I've just sort of been climbing my way up, um, ever since, you know, we started the season. So, um, yeah, I think my trajectory is really good and I feel I'm feeling better and better every day. And, uh, yeah, I'm feeling excited for the first major. Very cool. Now, 
we talked about this a little bit last week with Paige Pierce, actually, but give us kind of your intake on the level of Silver Series events versus Elite Series events. Like, mm-hmm. when you win a Silver Series event, it may not feel the same as an Elite Series event, but at the same time, like, where do you kind of, like, rank these? Like, are you preparing as much for these Silver Series events? Like, how are you going about, what, what's your mentality towards Silver Series events in general? Um, I, I mean, for me, I, I definitely am taking every event pretty much. Um, I'm preparing for it pretty much in the same same way. You know, I'm, I if I'm if I'm going to sign up for an event, I'm going to take it uh, pretty seriously. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, I was pretty familiar with Mill Ridge from last year, and I felt pretty comfortable out there. There, while there are some you know shot shaping holes, most of them are. I kind of can just throw my thrasher on every pretty much every tee. So um, that's always a good thing for me. But uh, I think that in terms of elite series versus silver series, I think, you know, a win at an elite series obviously feels um, a little bit more prestigious and, you know, almost, almost the entire field is going to be there. You know, we were, missing i think like you said before i joined we were missing cat and Paige and mm-hmm. Kristen and a few other people um so you know the there were still plenty of good players there and top players there so uh i obviously felt like i needed to you know prove myself and and do well there regardless of who was or wasn't there so um for me, I, I, I take the Silver Series, I'm not playing very many this year, but uh, the ones that I am playing, I'm going to kind of take them as like a, a way to kind of work on more of my uh, mental side of the game, if that makes sense. It feels a little bit less, um, I don't know, I feel a little bit less uh, tense at the Silver Series. So uh, I'm trying to learn how to take those same things um, on the mental side of the game and sort of bring them into you know, when I do get to the majors and the elite series events to kind of keep that same level of calmness and um, focus and maybe a little bit uh, less tense and, you know, nervous. Definitely. Yeah. So what are you looking to improve on? I mean, we're only a a third, a little more than a third through the season, but I'm sure as an athlete, you're trying to figure that out. What are you looking to improve on? Uh, I need, yeah, I, (laughs) I, I think that I just need to, I've realized that I need to work on more of my uh, angle control because I think I was, you know, I, I'm playing on a card with Henna and Evelina and even Macy Walker, like, and they're just throwing so far, right? And they have great angle control. They're, it's not that they're more powerful than, than me or, you know, maybe their form is probably a, a little bit better than mine, but um there should be no real reason why I'm not getting the same amount of um, distance. And it's mainly because I, I haven't quite, uh, I haven't quite figured out all of my, my angles and throwing those huge flex shots, maybe with something more overstable. I'm, I'm relying on my thrashers, which don't get me wrong. You know, they provide a lot of success for me, but um, you know, I, I'm tending to hyzer flip them and, and, letting the disc kind of do the work, which is mm-hmm. great. But I also think that I can um, work on uh, manipulating the disc a little bit better and getting um, getting off the tee uh, better, whether that be more distance or just um, being able to control the angles to match the fairways um, and stuff like that. So I think 
other than that, it's yeah, I think I just need to uh, keep up my putting stats. I've been getting better and better every event, making more and more circle two putts and highlight putts and clutch putts when it when it really matters. So uh, that was a huge takeaway from this last event where I was making putts when it really counted. Um, and so if I can just capitalize from uh, off the tee, I think that, uh, you know, everything's going to kind of come together. There you go. Yeah. And I was just going to say, you kind of actually answered it there, but I was going to say what, so what's working for you? You have what you <laughs> want to look for to improve, but um, your putting you said is getting better and better. Is that what's working for you now or have other things been clicking too? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that it, it's been something, putting has always been kind of my thing. Right. And um, I, it felt like I kind of took a little time to warm up. I think I, I expect myself to make uh, at least, you know, a couple of circle two putts every round. Um, and when that doesn't happen, I kind of feel like I've failed or, you know, there's something what, like what happened. Uh, uh, but, you know, when I can make those kind of clutch, even from the you know circle's edge or just outside those kind of putts, it, it mainly what I'm talking about. Um, or, you know, a whole one at, uh, at Mill Ridge this past weekend, I went OB off the tee, kind of found myself in circle two uh, from my OB lie. And that's a really treacherous green elevated basket. And uh, originally I was thinking, I'm just going to lay this up and take a bogey and it is what it is. But I stepped up there and I just, I just took the risk and I was rewarded with, you know, a good par save and I didn't drop any strokes to anybody on the card. So um, it's those kind of pressure moments um that I feel really comfortable uh on the green so yeah I think uh I think for the most part that is the putting is the thing that's working for me awesome hey I'm gonna pass it over to Ben uh Ben I'll do this every day until I die Bevan Kearney this is what I call the two guys in the studio Ben and Evan okay so Evan you had a stat we teased it in the very beginning you said this was a pretty cool stat we're ready to go ahead and bring it to us give it to us all right. So since 2021 Worlds, um, from all elite uh, silver series, and I'm going to include Throw Pink Championship, Throw Pink Women's Disc Golf Championship in there as the second highest mm -hmm. rated field of 2021 in FBO, according to Statmando, uh, you have five wins, Missy. <laughs> that is more than anyone else in FBO from those events. Katrina Allen has four. Uh, Paige Pierce and Kristen Tatar both have three. Haley King has two, and Valerie Mendejano picked up one. Wow! How does that? What's what's your reaction to that, Missy? Uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's it's yeah. It's I don't know. I I was I was kind of playing on another level at the end of last year, and I'm hoping to get back to that uh, same same level soon. And I actually feel like I'm well on my way um, and very close to that. So. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's crazy to think that, that all of that happened in such a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like it's, it's all sort of mushed together in my mind, like, cause it just happened so fast, but, uh, yeah, it's really cool. And I'm really proud of it. And I'm again, just always striving for more. So I'm ready to get back on that train. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Are, uh, are you skipping Tallahassee in preparation for the major or are you playing Tallahassee? Yeah, I'm skipping Tallahassee. Like I said, we just bought the camper, so we're going to kind of mosey on over to Georgia and get settled into our new little home. And, um, yeah, just take it easy and get get to practicing for Champions Cup. 
what was the uh the thoughts on getting the new camper was it just looking for a little bit more space to fit all the trophies what are you uh, what are you gonna do yeah pretty much um <laughs> No, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we had another, we had a, a smaller camper. It was like a 22 foot uh, camper and that was from, you know, bumper to, to the tongue. So it wasn't even that big on the inside. Um, but, you know, it's me, Tom, two dogs, basically one room of living uh, before. So uh, yeah, just a little bit more space. A little, this is our home for, you know, almost eight months out of the year. So to be the most comfortable that we could be is uh, is always going to help. So thankfully we we were in a position that we were able to kind of get a, a little bit bigger of a camper and yeah, super fortunate to be able to spread out a little bit more. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Whatever is comfortable on the road. Yep. All right. So we've made it to this segment and I think Evan has a stat for this too. We're going into uh, stat or fiction. Miss, you've played this a few times on yes. the show. Okay. Are you ready for, I think it's your, is this her third appearance, Evan? I only have her having so. one appearance. One, one, one appearance on the stat or fiction. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Well, here comes number stat two. Stat or fiction presented by Stat Mando. All right. <laughs> and all right. Yeah. I, sorry, guys. I'm still dealing with stuff on the show back end, trying to still figure out audio stuff because we have, you know, so many helpful people in the chat telling us what's going on. <laughs> but Evan, go ahead and give us the first stat or fiction. Well, Matt, you always point out that I have stats on stat or fiction. <laughs> uh, so I'll drop a real quick one. There are three people currently who have are undefeated in stat or fiction questions. Uh, that's Andrew Zimmern, Matt Oram and Missy Gannon. Wow. Hey. So we'll see if you, I can uh, stump you this time. <laughs> Okay. Um, and we'll get right into it. So, speaking of you, you won your second Disc Golf Pro Tour Silver Series. And the stat or fiction number one is uh, Missy Gannon is now tied for the most Silver Series wins in FPO with two with Katrina Allen, Lisa Fakus, and Sarah Hokum. For what season? Oh. All time Silver Series wins. I'm saying oh, all geez. those four ladies I just named all are tied for first with two Silver Series wins. Mm -hmm. That's Missy Gannon, Katrina Allen, Lisa Fakus, and Sarah Hogan. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't even remember all the Silver Series now. Who starts it? You want me to start I'll go it? first. I'll go first. Fiction for Matt Graham. <laughs> and we'll, we always make Nick go first. We're going to make Missy go second. Okay. Um, I was going to say fiction. I feel like Kat's has like at least three okay at least three we'll see evan will back yeah. that up at some point here <laughs> nick what do you got i don't know i can't remember all of the <laughs> all of the silver series but if i'm gonna try to get a lead i'm gonna go stat hey. if i'm gonna try to get a lead that's the matt graham tactic and it doesn't yeah. work but let's see what happens evan's so, laughing uh, I'll, I'll have total stat or fiction stats for y'all uh after we finish this one <laughs> um the answer is fiction um but katrina allen does only have two uh so does missy oh. gannon's and sarah hokum but lisa fakus has three so oh, three. she oh. leads the most silver series wins of oh. all time in fpo okay in the chat the live chat is that accurate ben it's saying 74 percent said fiction correct all right i asked it before 74 percent of you are better than me yeah the live the live they just pile on each other they go oh look half save fiction let's That's keep true. going <laughs> yeah 
or they just see right through me. I did. Or, yeah. <laughs> I actually voted on YouTube. I think I actually voted stat as well. So I'm over one in two different parts of reality. <laughs> there you go. All right. What's number two, Evan? All right. I'm trying to make stat or fiction a little bit more simple, but I'm going back to my roots and have a little bit kind of uh, tricky one here. Uh, Chris, Chris Dickerson wins his second PDGA, PDGA event of the year. Oh, my goodness. Um, this is the latest in the calendar year Dickerson has ever picked up his second win of the year. So and that being not, not a, specifically elite series, not elite series, not even not even specifically open. Just since he's become a PDGA member in seasons, he's had two or more wins. This is the latest in the year he's ever picked up his second win. That being April 3rd. In a full rotation effect here for the game. Missy's up first. Ha ha. Uh, I'm going to say stat. I feel like he used to play like a ton of events, and especially in Tennessee, and he probably just won them all. So, yeah. What do you got, Nick? <laughs> I got to go stat on that as well. Literally for the exact same reason <laughs> Missy just said. All right. If I want any points, I have to go. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this, for the <laughs> same go. reason she said, he used to play so many local events, and like there's no way he waited this long to win an event. I'm also saying stat. Okay. This is. I'm just kidding. It's dad. Oh, okay. I was going to say, no freaking way. I, I sit across from Evan, literally, like, can see his face. And the face he gave me, that's why I was like, no. <laughs> oh, um, that is the latest in the year he's ever picked up his second win. In 2013, he only had one win. He actually picked it up in November of that year. But in 2014, uh, I think it was an intermediate or advanced, he picked up his second win on March 29th. That was the previous latest in the year. Um, That's my birthday. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Well, happy belated. We just missed oh, thank it. Thank you. Yes, um, thanks. <laughs> through Chris's career, he's got a second win in January twice, or sorry, three times, and in February four times. Hmm. So that guy just knocks out tournaments in the earlier, gets gets the two wins yeah. over with, and then just cruises on the rest of the year. You know what there I saw go. in Disc Golf Pro Tour social media was Chris Dickerson, or his DGN, like 2018 winning Music City Open. Why does he look like such a teenager? Like, it's so <laughs> crazy. Four years. It's like a massive yeah. difference for Chris Dickerson. And here I am thinking he looks the same throughout all of it. His beard's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, right. Like, it's like, ha have you aged yet? What's going on? <laughs> like, how old is Chris? I have no idea. I forget. He's been like 29 very, his whole I, career. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think he's, he's not 29 yet. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, or fiction. Chris Dickerson's birthday is no clue. 19. Yeah. He could be 24 or he could be like 37 and we wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All exactly. right. The final question and is what's the score, Ben? What's the score? Do you know what it is? You guys yes, have sir. two. I have one. One, two, two. All right. So I've got two. Missy's got two. Nick's got one. Okay. Kat Mersh finishes second at the Music City Open. This is Kat Mersh's first podium finish at any Disc Golf Pro Tour event, Elite or Silver. Oh, dang. This is uh, Nick Carl starts this one. Oh, that kind of sucks. I wish I was last, actually, but I'll, I'll go stat. <sighs> it's not fair for me to look at the, the uh, fans bringing in their, their votes, <laughs> so I won't do that. But ever? Ever in her career. Ever, ever. So, like, Silver Series or Pro Tour? Not talking in tees, just Pro Tour. Yep, okay. just Disc Golf Pro Tour, Elite and Silver. Um, dang it. 
was there a silver series last year where she did really well for herself? There was another list of players that were doing well for themselves. I don't think it was her that finished on podium, though. So I'm saying this is the first time. So stat. All right, Missy, you're up. I'm going to go with stat as well. She's been working really hard, and I think she was – I saw her after the round. She was very, very excited to have finally kind of crested that hill. So, nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stat. <laughs> Nice. Okay. And the uh, the live listeners right now, 86% said stat. So let's see if that plays out. This is fiction. Whoa! I've got it, Missy. I did it. I got her. <laughs> she has two podiums in her career, both at Silver Series events. Both were third place exactly. Somewhere down in the south. Uh, No. No, depending on your geography uh, for one of them. I don't know. Missouri. Uh, She finished third at 2020 Mid-America Open and third at the 2021 Resistance Dis Open. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't thinking either. Oh, I forgot about that. Deanne Carey won by like 85 strokes or something crazy. So (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No no discredit to Cavendish or anyone else in the field. That's why, not going to lie, normally, oh, no, I would have gone second. But I was going to pick what them two did not pick which technically actually would have helped me out this time, but I had to go first. So. And I actually thought it was a stat, but. Oh, that means that we're, uh, Matt and Missy are tied though. Yeah. It does. Oh, yeah. I... How about I come up with a tie break? No. <laughs> I, uh-oh. Um... Oh, man. Uh, Hannah Macbeth finished on podium at uh, Throwdown on the Mountain. How many strokes behind the winner did she finish? Ooh, I didn't look at the scores. You're talking neither, about this, this year. Throw it on the mountain that happened, just finished up yesterday. Okay. How, what's the stroke count? What did you say? How many strokes behind the winner did Hannah Macbeth finish? She finished in third. Um, is I'm going to answer like, this I after out, they I answer. I go out loud, and I then she so. goes out loud, and we see who's closest. Like, is it over, under? Oh, Hannah? yeah, I was going to do whoever was closest if we okay. want to do first one guess. I'm saying seven strokes. Oh, my God. I was going to say eight. To okay, well, then I get the under. She gets the over in seven and a half. <laughs> All right, that's our guess. Is that your official yeah, guesses? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. It was nine strokes. So advantage goes to Missy. <laughs> Uh, Ellen Woodboom took it down with uh, minus five. No, two under. Oh, uh, two. Henry yeah. Beth is plus seven, so nine strokes away. I thought she was plus six. That was yeah. I was going yeah. off. I thought someone was minus whatever Lee, it was three. Was it Lisa? Lisa was plus two. Yep. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, four back of Ellen. Yep. Is yep. Hannah yep. in the chat? <laughs> she usually is. <laughs> I don't know. She's probably on the beach right now. They're out in Florida. They're beaching it up. I gave you a little <laughs> bit more credit, Hannah. I'm sorry. Missy thinks less of you. <laughs> <laughs> i actually i don't know why i knew that ellen was too down but i don't even remember looking at the score so i don't know that was really weird i only knew that hannah was did get podium because tom told me she did wow but then i i don't know why i i don't know <laughs> tom's, a, tr- I will say tom's this, a true fan on yeah. throwdown just while we're talking really quick about throwdown the mountain i'm actually surprised a lot of players went to music city compared to throwdown because Throwdown was actually a qualifier event mm. for US DGC and then Throw Ping. So I was actually kind of surprised about that. Okay. Yeah. And Tallahassee being next week. Kind of 
right? Is that a, uh, I don't know how close they are within Florida, but they're both. That's a silver series, Tallahassee. Yeah, but is that a qualifier? Oh, oh no. I don't I'm know. Just, just saying it would be another. Oh, event. yeah. You yeah, yeah. have to drive all the way down, yeah. then all the way back to Georgia. <laughs> oh, well, right. yeah, I have no idea. All right. Back to Statter Fiction. Uh, Missy, even though you still got two out of three right, which for any returning player puts you at the best correct percentage. Whoa. Um, five divided by six, that's like 82 or something. I, wow. Someone could tell me that, or whoever has a calculator. Uh, Miss, uh, who was previously at 78%. Wow. Well, Missy, you've done it again. You've made your appearance, <laughs> and we are very happy to have you for sure. Um, I will say, and this is thanks to Double G Craft Jerky, if you're into that or Tom is, reach out to Double G Craft Jerky. Tell them you're on the Nick and Matt show, and I'm serious, only you or Tom. <laughs> say, hey, I was on the show, and they'll send you a variety pack of jerky as a thank you. Oh, Also, nice. there's there another product that sponsors our show, uh, DG Max Wax. You are totally uh, open to get some of that as well. If you hear the name, reach out, say you're on the show, you can go check that out as well. So thank you to our sponsors. Ooh. They would like to support you. So thank you for coming on the show, Missy. Um, until next time, which I'm sure there will be another one. <laughs> keep keep it up out there. We're really excited for you. Thank you. Thanks for yeah. having me. And yes, this will not be the last time I'm on your show. <laughs> awesome. Oh, there we go. I love it. I love it. <laughs> See you later, Missy. Enjoy the new Bye. camper. All right. Thank you. Bye. Okay, everybody. Nick. She's always got such a happy attitude. Yes. Always, she's always a very fun interview. Um, so, Nick. I hate to involve our fans with the like technology of what we do here, but you were doing so good with the interview because we were over here. Like, like, well, could you tell that's all I was trying to ask more questions than normal because I knew you guys had stuff on your end to kind of play with. And so it was, I was uh, like, I would give it a second. And I'm like, if Matt has a question, he can ask it. If not, I'm just going to jump right into one. I've people are probably like staring at me through that interview. Like, what is he doing? But honestly, yeah. It's unfortunate, but like we we worked hours yesterday. We worked some hours today, and like we're learning a lot right now as the show kicked off. It won't happen next week. We we already know what's happening, but then <laughs> things like Nick mid interview or mid uh, statter fiction Ben texts me, and he's right next to me. But he texts me, and he goes, "Hey, is that record button supposed <laughs> to be clicked off?" And I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so the good news is we're streaming live. Our live audience can, you know, check out what's going on. And we may have to, like, rip it off YouTube for our podcast listeners. But yeah, that's where we're at. Things are happening here. And it's honestly, the chat was like, Missy gets quiet. She gets loud. And I'm, like, yeah. trying to understand what's happening live. And that's the worst thing I could possibly do during an interview. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying yeah. to hear the technical side. I can't hear what they're even answering. <laughs> so... I honestly, I'm going to try something different here. Uh, and I, again, I apologize, but thank you to our fans for sticking with us through all of this. I'm going to try something with Alden when we bring him in in just a minute that is actually going to turn off a lot of our special effects. And I'm just going to let his computer side kind of handle all that. And we'll just go mm -hmm. from there. This is a test tonight. Uh, we'll work with it. We'll get it figured out for next week. But without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome to the show, Alden Harris, everybody. Welcome to the show, Alden. How are you doing? Doing good. Can you hear me? I yes, can, can hear you. And we're going to let our live audience say if they can hear you. Now, they're going to say, oh, he's quiet or he's loud, but you don't don't worry about it. Everyone in the chat, just let us know. We'll look at it later. Appreciate it. Alden, you're out there on the pro circuit. You've been doing this for how long as far as full touring? Was it last year? It was your first full year? Last year was my first year. The year before that, I did a few big events, but yeah, last year was definitely my full, full tour. Okay. And so, how are you liking it so far? Yeah liking it a lot 
It's a lot of fun. Okay, that's awesome to hear. So you were out there at Music City Open. You uh, only had one bogey in three rounds of disc golf at a Silver Series event. How does that feel? Feels good. It seems like that's my my specialty these days. Not getting a lot of bogeys, but yeah, just keeping it clean. You're that's good. That's a that's a damn good specialty yeah. to have. I, I mean, I would say. never complain about that. I was just gonna say that's yeah. a pretty good specialty. Yeah. So tell us about yourself. And this is not like an interview, as in like a job interview. <laughs> but when when did your game really take off for you? And when was the decision uh, made to hit the tour? Uh, I started playing in. 2017 i believe maybe late 2016 um i played amateur for maybe two years and made the jump to pro after i won the u.s junior championships as you know you were there i i was there that was a special moment for you and your family yes definitely so yeah after that i went pro um played local c tiers and maybe one or two big ones for my first pro year and then hit the road full time Okay. Um, and your and you said your specialty is saying clean, but you said it's fun out there. Um, what do you feel like it's going to take for you to be a top performer week in and week out? Now, when I say top performer, you can tell me what that would mean for you to be a top performer for me and my mindset would be like top 20 regular consistent. To me, that would be a top performer. What do you feel like your level for top performer is and what will it take to achieve that week in and week out? Can you, will you? Yeah. Like I said, I I seem to not get many bogeys, which is obviously a great thing, but I don't get as many birdies as most people. I get, I'm like, I want to say like for Texas State, I think I was maybe like in the 40th or 50th in birdie percentage, but yeah, but I came in 20th. So I don't know, just get getting more birdies, getting more opportunities. Do you feel like that's on the putting green or let's say on longer courses, your upshots aren't as clean as they should be, but you're able to still save that par. Where do you feel like, why do you feel like you're not getting those birdies? It's a good question. Cause I feel like I'm throwing the disc pretty well, but I may not be, I may think I'm throwing the disc well, but I may not be, I don't know. Maybe I just need to work on giving myself more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you're a project sponsor player. How long you been with Prodigy? How'd you get hooked up in that? I know you're originally from Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Okay, so you're a Georgia guy, play for Prodigy. How did that all come into effect, and how has that been for your touring? How how have they helped you out? Yeah, so I've been with Prodigy from the beginning, basically. my Where I live now and where I've lived pretty much my whole life, the when I first found out about uh, disc golf, Prodigy, the Prodigy warehouse was like, under 10 minutes away from me. So, you know, Prodigy was just the talk of the town around here. Every basket was Prodigy. Everyone was throwing Prodigy. So that's how I got hooked up with Prodigy at first. And as far as how they've been helping me out, they've been, I mean, they've been helping me out with everything. They obviously uh, got my van wrapped, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. They pay for a lot of my travel expenses to allow me to go full-time tour. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, Go ahead and give it to us. And uh, how old are you? I'm 21. Okay, 21. And I asked that question, not to every guest, but again, you performed at the U.S. Juniors in 2018. I was trying to figure out your age there. So as a 21-year-old, you're in the tour, you're touring around, you said you're having a great time. 
Uh, do you have long-term goals? Is the tour forever plan or what, what else? As far as, yes. Okay. I, I'd like it to be. It's definitely, as far as I can see in the future, that's what I want to be doing. I don't have really other, other plans as of now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. That's big. I mean, did before disc golf, was there plans for you? Like before disc golf, is there a before disc golf for you? It's, it's so weird because I've only been playing for what, five, six years. And I can't even remember a time where I didn't have disc golf. So <laughs> not, not really. I, I, I can't remember any plans that I had. Wow. Yep. That's, yep. Uh, this is where we're at in the sport, Nick. This is where we're at. So yeah, I know. Right. It's kind of wild. Um, What's your work ethic like when you're on the road as a touring professional week in and week out, you're pretty much going to every single tournament. You might be one of those players who's literally playing every elite series, every silver series, and then bouncing to maybe a couple A and B tiers if they're in the area. Um, so you're not taking weeks off necessarily all the time. Well, I shouldn't say all the time, but here and there, like other pros are. What is your work ethic like? How do you get your practice in? Is it just strictly on the course or do you still find time to go out to the field? Like, how do you feel like you're going to get better? Last year, I played like two practice rounds a day leading up to the tournament. And I quickly found out I was not good for my elbow because I started having some elbow problems. So in the off season, I did some some work on it. It's better now. But for this year, I've been doing um, one practice round a day. And that's pretty much it, though. And unless something is feeling like slightly off, I'll go work on that. But other than that, I'm just getting the practice runs in and learning the course. Okay. Which ones, since you're, I would say, one of the newer touring professionals, do you have any favorite tournaments that you've been to so far and tournaments that you are looking forward to going? Um, I'm really looking forward to going to Beaver State this year. Mm-hmm. Haven't played that one yet. I got to stop by and play that course uh, while I was up there, but I haven't, haven't really seen the full property yet. Gotcha. Okay. So I follow you mm-hmm. on social media. And last year, it seems like there was a period of time where things got rough on tour for a bit. I don't know. There's a lot probably going on. Maybe you can elaborate on that. But I think it included even your bike getting stolen off of your van. Um, So what are the best and worst parts of the tour life that you've experienced so far? Yeah, that was not fun. (laughs) But yeah, that whole week was not very fun for me in Stockton. But uh, yeah, there's definitely some bad weeks. There's some good weeks. Um, just like everyday life, not even really on tour, but yeah, there's, yeah. Okay. And then, um, bads with every job. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It is work. Yeah. Uh, do you view disc golf as work now or how do you view it? Um, I'd say I'm, I'm starting to view it a little more as work, but it's also still really fun. Okay. It's kind of, feel like kind of a, good, a good mix. I was going to say, do you feel like that's going to give you kind of a different mindset with how you play the game? Or do you feel like it's, it's always going to be fun because it's mm-hmm. disc golf and that's what you're fortunate enough to be able to go out and tour every single day and be able to do that. But do you feel like it might get to a point where it's like, you know, we, we've seen players in the past kind of hit a mental block here, here and there on the road because it is a very stressful time. The paycheck isn't consistent like it is at most other jobs out in the world. So how are you planning slash what are you doing to make sure that it's still disc golf holds that value of this is disc golf. I'm fortunate that this is what I get to do. Hmm. It's a good question. Um, I don't know. <laughs> you, we you, we you, try you, to stump you, our people every so often. 
Yeah. Uh, ask that question again. Let me ask it in me, a different way. Yeah. yeah ask well, all right. Ask it in a different way. What are you going to do to keep this golf fun? Okay. Here we go. Um, this year, uh, I've been making videos, which has been, it's just refreshing, adding something new. Um, not even necessarily for an audience, just to do, and it's fun. Um, with specifically the Robinsons, we've been making fun videos lately. So, yeah, just kind of adding stuff every week to every few months to just keep it fresh. And I don't know. Nice. Okay. For someone who is an aspiring touring professional, okay, because you were there not too long ago, what do you recommend they do? And this is everything. And I'm we're asking you because you're on tour. This is everything from financially traveling accommodations events you're doing it let's say there's an 18 year old out there who's aspiring like what have you learned that you're like hey take my advice mm, someone just asked me this and i felt like i had a good answer for it i'm trying to remember it um i think the main thing is to well i mean first you gotta i mean you have to save up obviously because tour is expensive and you have to get sponsors you gotta just save up for the tour but as far as um can i ask can i ask specifically and you can decide to answer or not did you save up loads of money or are you getting by off of sponsorship money right now um i'm getting by off sponsorship money right now but i also have i mean i have some saved just in case but mm -hmm. luckily i haven't really had to use that so, yet so <laughs> We're, we're breaking this down real deep now. I mean, what does it take? I mean, you have, what, what, what finances do you have on the road? You got to pay for what gas? Uh, <laughs> is that it? What else are you paying for? Um, I am paying for gas. That's, that's pretty much it. Actually Prodigy's really stepped it up this year for paying for campgrounds, paying for all my entry fees, just stuff like that. So wow. really just like gas and food. Gas and food, recommend and so if you perform well and you bring home some money, that's like a bonus. But you don't have to live off of that. Is that? I mean, that's what I'm getting at. You're able to do this. You're making it work. Wow. Yes. Great. Nice. I had a question in my head. Now I totally forgot. Hold on. <laughs> totally Give me forgot. a second. We're gonna let Nick think about do it. Do you feel me. like? So you made the jump. You played a couple small tournaments. You said, and then made the jump pretty much right into the tour. Is that something you would recommend to someone? Or would you recommend kind of the, you know, let's say the model of learn to kick ass locally in your homegrown area, win tournaments there, and then slowly make your way out on the tour? Or are you one of those just put 100% into it? If you have the means to be able to do it, go for it. Um, it really depends on the person. For me, it kind of, when I won Music City, that's kind of when it kicked off and I mm -hmm. kind of realized that I think I, I could go on tour. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know. That's a good question too. Keep stumping me. Yeah, we're trying to get a couple in here. <laughs> Keep there. stumping. It, it's fun. It's fun because we, you know, with the Nick and Matt show, we've had on a lot. Of, we've had on, you know, Paul Macbeth multiple times. Ricky, players who have been playing the sport for a long time and they've been touring for a long time. It is rare nowadays, actually, to get a guest on that. You know, you've only been on the tour since 2020 really going at it since 2021, maybe, but you got the full van, you're doing the van life. You're going to every single tournament that you can play. So it's kind of cool to get the insight of like, what's tour life like for you versus what's tour life. Like we just had Missy Gannon on. So what's the difference in tour lives where, you know, are you playing Tallahassee? 
I am. So you're going to, so you went, you know, let's say Waco, Belton, Texas States, Tennessee, Tallahassee, Champions Cup. You know, that's what, six weeks in a row? Mm-hmm. Where a lot of other pros are like, I'll play Waco, skip Belton, play Texas States, skip Tennessee, skip Tallahassee, and go to Champions Cup. You know what I mean? So you're, it's just cool to kind of get the views of what, like, you're out there at every single tournament when other players, you know, they may, may be in a position to where, yeah, I can take some time off. Maybe they got an injury. They want to heal it up. So it's, it is kind of cool to see where it's like you're out there every single weekend playing every single event, which is really cool. And you just had a phenomenal one up at Tennessee or down at Tennessee, however you want to look at it. Um, so it is cool to kind of like get the inside of the newer tour players versus the OG guys. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, Alden, really excited to watch you out there on tour. I, every now and then I get out there and do a little filming. I see you pass by and I say, Hey, I know that guy. And it's pretty cool. Um, let me ask, do you eat jerky? Do you like beef? Do you eat meat or are you not a meat guy? Uh, is, is a jerky guy and a meat guy different? Uh, I don't know. Do you like jerky? If you like jerky. Double G Craft Jerky. I'm, see you, I'm sure you see them out there every now and then. They're a sponsor of the show, and they'd love to hook you up with a variety pack of jerky. If you hit them up wherever you're from right now and say, hey, I was just on the Nick and Matt show. You know, they, they said I could grab a variety pack. They will hook you up with that. Just let them know you're on the show. Um, and with that, unless we missed anything, go ahead and give any shout-outs you want. Say hi to mom or whatever you want to do. We're glad to have you on the show, but this is your chance. Hello, mom. Uh <laughs> Uh, hello, any uh, Atlanta disc golfers watching? Um, thank you to my sponsors, Prodigy, Eagles Wings. Yeah. Very All right. Cool. 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 Awesome. We're really glad to have you on the show, and we're going to keep an eye out there to see how you perform going forward. And we know that you're trying, and you're making it by, and you're paying for gas, and you're going to go to the next one. <laughs> expensive. Expensive these days. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, I'm I driving know. to Florida to go to Tallahassee tonight, actually, so I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. What's that going to cost you, Nick? A couple hundred? I mean, technically, so I'm actually driving to Jacksonville tonight, so it's about eight and a half hours. And it's funny enough, I'm actually taking Paul and Hannah's Forerunner that they own. So I'm going from 33 miles per gallon in my car to maybe about 15 in their car. <laughs> so yeah, it's going to probably be a few hundred just to get down there. <laughs> Guess we need to talk about more sponsorships. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to need everyone to pay up now. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> just kidding. Well, thank All the you. best of luck. I'll actually see you in person down at Tallahassee. So super excited for that. And then uh, good luck the next few weeks. Got a big grind Great. going on. Thank you. I'll see you then. Yeah, thanks Take for joining brother. the show, Alden. Good luck out there. All right, everybody. Alden Harris, uh, Prodigy. Performing well, as I mentioned, I saw him take down United States Junior Disc Golf Championships in 2018. Uh, excellent, excellent player. It was really crazy watching him as like, I think he might have been 18, but he wasn't turning older than 18 that year because that's the rule. Watching him perform was just, it's mind-blowing to see that 17, 18-year-olds yeah. like destroying anything I would ever do. I played a uh, casual practice round with him last year out in Utah when we were prepping for Worlds. Me, Paul. He was kind of showed up at the course at the same time, let him join in. And uh, the dude rips. Like he was throwing FX2s, which is a pretty stable disc that Prodigy makes. You know, and I was struggling last year distance wise, which I'm still struggling, but I was struggling last Nick. year distance wise. And bro, he was like, his most stable crap was going as far as my like 
flippy as crap. It was pretty pretty heartbreaking right. at times, but it's fun to watch. <laughs> I, I got a quick stat to drop for uh, Alden Harris. Uh, he had ten top thirties uh, from Elite Series events last year. Elite Series and major events last year. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, only twenty four players in MPO had that. Uh, that's that's the same amount of top thirties as Joel Freeman did, Drew Gibson, uh, Chandler nice. Fry, Colt Montgomery, mm-hmm. Emerson Keith. So maybe I should have said, how do you find yourself being a top performer week in and week out? He's like, I already am. Yeah, I was waiting for him to say that kind of. Yeah, and that under top 50, like, you know, that 20 to 50 range, like he was kind of saying, not a lot of bogeys, but not a lot of birdies. Finds himself in that right, like good finishes, maybe not as well known. I knew he performed well, and that's why I was like, I don't know how you define it, but like top 20, I feel like week in and week out is very good. Um, So good for him. Nick, you mentioned a minute ago you're struggling with distance. Well, we've got the product for you. We do. Max Wax, everybody. Putting it up on screen. What a beautiful product that is. I mean, look at that. At least for me, it's coming through so clear. Uh, In fact, let me do this real quick. I'm gifting in studio. There you go, Evan. You've been waiting for this thing. The packaging is beautiful. The product is beautiful. Look at that. DG Max Wax, everybody. 10% 10% off if you go over to dgmaxwax.com. Get yourself one of these PDGA-approved minis, wax minis. I found myself this week on the course. Nick, I know you can relate to this. I think you can. When it's kind of cold out, not freezing, and your fingers get, like, overly dry, so then, like, it's just, like, slippery on the plastic, and everyone ends up, like, licking their fingers or touching the mud. degrees and windy. Yeah. Yep. And you like touch the dirt, you get just that right moisture amount, right? I slid this mini into the front pocket of my disc golf bag, which actually, let me see here. I can replay this on screen somehow. Here we go. This is, oop, dropped it in my uh, disc golf bag. This product went right in the mini slot, and I would reach into my bag, like to get out a putter or a driver or whatever. And every time I would just go into the mini slot grab a little bit on my fingers and then feel confident it really I, almost every shot i was like this is becoming a thing for me evan have you ever slipped a disc out of your hand oh many of times <laughs> many of times do you think this product would have fixed it for you now that you have it you looking forward to it i i'm super stoked to get out and uh try it out like you've been talking it up for weeks now i felt it in studio i felt the disc after after getting my hands all gripped up, but I haven't actually ripped a shot yet, and I can't wait. Okay, they also have, and I've talked about this many times, the snaps, snap stick. Look at that. Ooh, I can get it focused up nice and close. Snap stick. I love that name. Not chapstick, snap stick. It gives you the snap in that throw. It gives you unparalleled confidence. The added grip allows you to spin the disc faster, which means longer, straighter, more accurate flights. The smell we always talk about is excellent, mm-hmm. and it has... I always say this, the essential oil is designed to keep you calm and focused on the course. And it's small. I like, I don't mind having it in my pocket while I play. A little chapstick, snap stick in your pocket. It's a great thing. Again, go to dgmaxwax.com. Use code Nick and Matt, get 10% off your order. We appreciate the support. You will like the product. I guarantee it. That sounds like an ad. <laughs> I guarantee it. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for it, for the, uh, the warmer weather, like the 70, 80s, and 90 degree day. Mm. I'm really excited to try it out. So I can't wait. Well, I also just can't wait for warmer weather. Is that what Florida has right now? Warmer weather? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll be looking at it every single day. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be in the 80s next week, at least when I, or this week. Yeah, this week while I'm in Tallahassee. 
So, Nick, we still don't have our intro music, but assistant uh, producer Ben's going to give us the ditty to get into Discura Discussions. Go ahead, Ben. I need, do, do, I, need, do. I need to get my keyboard and do a jingle for it. That's right. This has been ahead, a Discura, or <clears throat> we are getting into a Discura Discussion. Oh, boy. So I will set it up, and then I'll let it loose. The Discura Discussion today comes about, and we've had this conversation a few times, uh, I'll just say Nicola Castro takes a long time to throw and putt, especially putt, to the point where it gets awkward for commentators on live, um, which Nico could say I care less about. I don't care if it's awkward, right? Or for the fans, I don't care because this is my livelihood. But that last part, what I just said, livelihood means that you really are going to have to focus on time constraints. According to the rules, there's a time limit based off when you address your putt or your throw. but. The interesting part is the rule says that it's enforced by other players or a tournament official. So there's this weird line of like, is it breaking the rules if nobody calls it? Maybe it's breaking the rules, but nobody's calling it. So then is it actually a big deal? Well, then you might say, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to pass it over. There's a lot of aspects to this, but Nick, ask your question. Matt, if you're going 75 and a 60, are you breaking the law? Even though you didn't get pulled over, are you breaking the law? The law is being broken, but am I going to stop breaking the law if I don't get, don't get caught? What if you get caught? If I get caught, will I do it again? As a teenager or my first years, yeah. yes, I would do it again. I'm not, I'm not saying, like, look, I, I go above the speed limit. I hope there's no cops in here. And Daniel's a lawyer, and I probably shouldn't say this because I'll plead the fifth afterwards, but like, I will go, let's say I'll go 36 and a 35. Okay, I'll do it. I'm breaking the law. I know that. I'm going to get pulled over for it if someone's having a bad day and they want to just go out and pull someone over. It's happened before. Just because you're not getting called on it doesn't mean you should take advantage of it. Now, I know I'm using two completely separate things in life, but in the disc golf world, because we are a disc golf podcast, He's been called out on it before in the past. And his kind of like saying now is with everyone that, you know, like us three, us four right now are talking about it. And he would say, well, get on my card and then you can call me on it. And it's like, okay, you know, it's kind of a chachi, confident, cocky thing to say. But at the same time, people on your card have called you on it, yet you continue to do it. But but has he but has he actually been called and seconded? That's like the answer that I'm aware of is no. And so that's like saying, uh, again, your your example, Nick. That's like saying, oh, the police officer pulled me over and gave me a warning. And every time I know these police officers in town, they're only going to give me a warning. That's all they do. They like me, or they don't want to cause trouble. Like that's what they do. Again, we're taking it to like a legal standpoint, but like that's kind of what's happening here the the analogy of you know this is what it says even though you're not caught doing it like you still are you're taking advantage of something he is taking advantage of the 30 second rule now he in a sense he he has said in the past that look it's a mental block he's having a mental block with that i'm not saying people don't have mental issues going on but at the same time i could see him being one of the people that gets pissed off when he does get seconded you know what I mean? And then it makes the other card mates on the card, like say, say I'm playing on a card with him. Cause last year when I was in GMC, I was playing behind him and Philo Brathwaite. And what 
is normally a two to three hour round on Brucer Ridge, maybe three and a half, turned into four and a half, five hour round on Brucer Ridge with no one in front of them. Like I, to the point where I was like, yo, are we allowed to play through? Like, is that something that can happen at a PGA tournament? Because that's that's how bad it was. And we we literally said to him from the card behind, we were like, you guys got to speed it up. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm watching 48 seconds, 53 seconds. And these are upshots that are in the middle of the fairway. It's a little uphill. We're taking 53 seconds on a shot. Yeah. Or you're putting from 15 to 20 feet away. You're in the middle of the woods at Brucer Ridge where it's rarely that windy. You don't need 45 seconds to a minute to put in a 15 to 20 footer. And like Drew Gibson said, it made me laugh, but he was like, you don't need a minute to barely make a 15 footer. And that, that kind of had me dying. Okay. But at, at the same time, it, he's got a point. Yeah. So there's two, there's two, there's, 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 uh, I, I gotta say, I don't totally mind. I, I think it kind of builds up anticipation. And as a viewer, like I'm, I'm usually doing stuff while watching anyways. Are you not entertained? And, Is that what like, you're saying? It's kind of entertaining <laughs> to like see it happen. Of course, if you're, if you're in the card behind them, like that's going to be, or on the card with them. Yeah. I get that. That's annoying. I think, Bro, it sucks. I think it's kind of got to be all or, 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 or none. You know, if, if we have it at the rules, we got to just do it. I think baseball is a good um, comparison right here. They're putting in the pitch clock. If a batter steps out of the box for too long, boom, you call it a strike. If the pitcher takes too long to pitch it, boom, it's a ball. They just, they essentially lose that pitch. It just, you lose it. And in, in disc golf, just hit the 30 seconds. Boom. Hey, you got a stroke. Now keep on going. So Nick and I had a conversation, a disc era conversation discussion earlier. Yeah. And we talked about like, how do you enforce this? Cause there, here's the multi aspects to it, right? So is the rule being broken? I think we all had to raise our hands right now. We'd say, yes, the rule is being broken. That's what Nick's mm -hmm. point mainly was. And I agree. Now the issue is, in my opinion, it's not being called. Okay. One more subtopic. Why isn't it being called? Okay. That's a whole subtopic. And now the question would be, should it be getting called or should it be a rule? People want to talk about that. Well, should this even be a rule? I would say that's kind of too far out. Of course, there should be some rule here or else someone could take way too long. Yeah. It could be discretionary. You could make it fully discretionary on the group and not have a time limit, but say like if the group says you're taking too long, but I don't want to go down that road. So I think it's fine. The time limit's fine. But how do you enforce that players call the rule? Can you do that? Can you be like, now you guys are in trouble because you didn't make the call. I don't think you can do that. There's no way to really do that. Isn't uh, there's some term for if you're not watching? Like, well, there's some. It's it's. I, I you have to watch word. the throws. Yeah, you have to be aware. Whole... Yeah, yeah, uh, that's in the rules. Now, I... but not that they have to call it. They could be like, uh, I see where I see where you're going. Yeah, you could always <laughs> see like, ah, not, my... not one what I saw. But <laughs> exactly. my my thing is as. As someone who, like, you know, I go out and I play big events here and there. I have dealt with players who do take the, you know, full 30 seconds. They're under it, but it's like 20 to 30 seconds. And to me, that that feels like forever. But it's not something that I'm actively, like, trying to find in a player. I'm not going up to every single person. And, you know, like, when I was at Waco, the second or third round, I was playing with Nathan Queen, Michael Johansson. And Nathan Queen takes his time, sets himself up. 
and throws a shot. MJ literally walks up, looks, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and then throws it. It's, it's five seconds versus 15 to 20 seconds. Now, if a player is, if it's super windy out, or it's detrimental rain outside, and we're playing in it, if they step off their lie to kind of maybe let the wind die down, if they take an extra 10 seconds, I get it. I'm not going to be stingy about it. But Nico has built a reputation where on almost every single throw, especially putting, he's taking above his 30 seconds. Yep. He's been in an interview on Smashbox last year. One of the only shows to be able to get him. We reached out and he said, eh, maybe. That was literally like his response to us. Um, but he went on Smashbox and it was really interesting. If you didn't see that, he ended up wearing like a clown mask and everything. Like it was a really interesting interview. Um, but they did finally ask him the question like about time. And he's like, he kind of got upset. And he's like, is that why you asked me on here? And he started really kind of getting amped up on the show. Like, this is what this is about. Like, you want to make, like, put this in the public eye with me on your show. Yeah. And well, yeah, kind of. And yeah. And they said, well, they were kind of like, we're trying to be professional here, but like, this is a real topic. And he ultimately said, finally came around and he said, along the lines of, do I want to be quicker? Yeah, I do. Like, I want to be quicker. And I'd probably do better for myself if I putted quicker because I start getting in my head too yeah. when I take long. And like, it's like a, it's a round circle thing for him. Like, it just gets worse. It's a cycle. But yeah. that set aside, rules are rules. So now let's take it to the next place. Jeff Spring, director, the Disc Golf Pro Tour and CEO starts following that card. And it's not unusual for him to do that. So it's not like, he may have went because he heard there might be time issues, but he may also just have been there because he's there. That's normal for Jeff Spring. But it seems to me when Jeff Spring makes a, a call on, hey, warning, you're taking too long. Now we've we've just welcomed a whole new set of like how it's going to be handled. Okay. And I don't think it's wrong. It's the lead card at an event. Like it is going to have more scrutiny. But that opens up a whole other can of worms. What about the other cards? Does pace of play only really matter on the lead card? And then what happens if Jeff, now that he's made the warning, and now it goes over 30 seconds, and now he doesn't make a call to say, like, hey, that's now a violation penalty, what is the pro tour, like, making a statement of? Like, I hate to put this on Jeff, but he is the CEO. I wouldn't have put it on him, but if you're there making warnings and then it goes over, like somebody needs to make the call and everybody kind of just stood quietly eventually, like, <laughs> like no big deal. So it's really interesting can of worms that get opened up there. Um, so what's yeah. the answer? What do you think? Nick? We, th so this is where you and I talked about it and I, I kind of want to, I, I casually read the chat as I'm going through the show, but um, we know Nico is not the only one. I, there's plenty of people. Gannon got called on it last year at the pro tour championships. People, like Philo, he's another player who is a slower player who's known for being a slower player. The only reason we're really harping on Nico right now is he is a repeat offender with it. And it's something that we literally just saw yesterday, you know, within 24, you know, 30 hours, we were watching this kind of unfold live on coverage. Um, the way to fix it is... In most professional sports, if not all professional sports, I would assume, if you break a rule, you get caught breaking a rule, you get a penalty. Your team gets a penalty. Your 
organization gets a fine you get a fine stuff like that now i'm not saying every single time nico takes 30 seconds we need to fine him a hundred dollars but at the same time there should be that outline of if you do it once you get the courtesy if you do it twice you get a stroke if you do it multiple days in a row if you are called on it once again if week in and week out he is constantly getting strokes for being slow then the pdga needs to turn around or the disc golf pro tour needs to turn around and say okay that's a hundred dollar fine that's a 250 fifty dollar fine that's a 500 hundred dollar fine but, but wait you, but wait this is post round like as in players didn't call it but no no, no 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 if 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 players called it because we we right now in disc golf don't use video as let's say video evidence that's that's a whole nother topic that matt and i talked about earlier too but uh you know we can we can try to bring that up but if nico is called on a time violation his first one's a courtesy bam there's strike one strike two is a stroke strike three is it just another stroke or is it two strokes now i don't, I don't actually know where it goes past getting a stroke but that should be marked down where at uh tennessee states round three nico was awarded or was given a penalty stroke for breaking a rule that's now marked on his record for the 2022 season i would say is that just the prize for being on the lead card or you mean any card i mean when you say any card now, it's like, are people going to be douchey and chachi and start calling everyone and everything? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, this is a whole can of worms that, like, needs to get opened. This isn't the save all solution. I think Marshall's on every single card. Now that is a whole different conversation when it comes to this. Say there's a Marshall on the card. Now I'm thinking of p- perfect future in disc golf. An approved, um, qualified love- Marshall, rules yeah. official. Like, we're not I- talking like some random schmo. Like, yes. I would love, I would love anyone who very much knows about the game of golf i would love to know how they handle these kind of situations i I would love to know i genuinely want to learn how that is done because as that is kind of our father grandfather sport you know we need to adapt things potentially from that but in a perfect disc golf world if we had marshals on every single card that is a rule certified marshal and it's not just go take the 20 or 30 questions on a pga and take it 50 times until you get them all right or however many you need to someone who had to spend hours and hours and hours and hours studying the whole book whatever now they are a marshal they are watching your card doesn't matter if it's first card or if it's the last card you get called on something bam the first one's a courtesy the second one is a stroke that's when you get marked you were marked breaking the rule Round one at the Waco Annual Charity Open, March 5th of 2022. Now that mark does not come off your record until January 1st of 2023. Now we got a whole new season to come about. Interesting. So that's where I think I'm talking perfect in world. a perfect world. Perfect that's world. Literally right. a perfect world. And but at s- the same time, how do we, and I'm not asking for people to be the most God given rule sticklers out there. Don't get me wrong. But Nico has been a slight repeat offender. That's the only reason we're talking about this is because it literally gets brought up every single well, time Nico is on coverage. It's getting brought up because of Nico, but it's really not about Nico. He's the it's foundation for this it's conversation. About, yeah. Exactly. And Nick, you said Marshall's on every, whether we said card or not. I love this conversation we had earlier. You put yeah. him on a hole. You don't really need to watch the T-pad that much. Like they can have a view of the T-pad if they need to, but they can just follow the play of the, the hole and be on that hole. 
So yeah, exactly. But who are those people going to be? That's a whole nother conversation. And that's why mm-hmm. it hasn't actually moved that direction. There's is a that whole when, bunch behind is that. Is that when events pay people like, Hey, if you volunteer for this event, I will pay for your rule certification. And then you will get paid to follow this card as a rule certified marshal. You know what I mean? Like, is that, how do we, how do we open that up? And like mm-hmm. I said, I'm not trying to sit there and be like, you know, I have called people on foot faults before. I have, it's not to do it out of any malicious intent. It's not to try to gain a stroke in that way. It's literally like if I'm watching someone line up a putt and I see that their feet are potentially lined up wrong or someone's trying to throw a patent pending or whatever, I tell them, hey, just a heads up, watch your feet. You know, I'm trying to like warn you before I have to warn you in a sense. So, majority of the time i would assume players are not doing it out of a malicious intent i don't think any of the players on the leap card are trying to do it out of a malicious intent but at the same time we one of the biggest things about all this is that we're watching it live on coverage a rule getting broken this kind of what the newer generation sees is all right it's cool no one's really going to call it I'll take my minute, don't matter. And now you get this generation of people who are taking a minute per throw. And now C tiers are ridiculously annoying because you got that one guy or girl. It's always the next generation, Nick, isn't it? Dude, I mean, kind of. I mean, they're the ones who they're the next generation of disc golfers right now is watching disc golf. They're not on the road yet. And hopefully in the next five to ten years, that next generation will be on the road. But I don't know. That's where we're kind of. I don't know. <laughs> so, Evan, any thoughts that came up during that conversation or that discure discussion that Nick and I were having? Uh, no, I, I, I agree with all of it. I think, you know, steps should be done. I think the people want to see uh, changes happen within that, the rules to be enforced. Uh, having 18 officials on the course is obviously a, a long term dream, but I think we could start with at least a couple, maybe some on call. Like you said, you know, Jeff Spring was following around that lead card, having more of that where a marshal maybe kind of roams. Like, I don't think there's anything to say that they can't follow just the lead card. It's more people thinking out of fairness. It's not saying that's illegal or not allowed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So at the end, people are complaining because of the broadcast. So if you're following the lead card, who's probably the one that's mainly featured on the broadcast, I don't see that being bad at all. If that was the case in nico because he's getting on lead cards is penalized more often than let's say someone else who's taking just as much time but isn't being featured that's just what happens i don't see anything wrong with that and that's where we also have the discussion and it was kind of like look if you start using video evidence as okay you clocked it you have someone videoing everyone's like the second they get up to their mini they're videoing it the whole time it is unfair for the top two or three cards who are getting hit with the cameras week in and week out versus the other people who aren't getting filmed. So and it's, just, I would, it's, yeah. it's an imperfect world. I would say making lead card for those of you who think it's unfair. And I find myself in that perspective. Sometimes it's kind of what you get for being on the lead card. There's more eyes. Um, there potentially could be in the future more rules or tournament officials on that card than there are on every other card. Maybe there's one on every hole, but the the lead card gets more. Maybe that's just part of it. Like you've made it to the lead card, you're going to get a little bit more scrutiny. I think that is just how it's going to be. Nothing wrong there. For those saying, yep. is it that big of a deal? I'm just kind of trying to wrap up this topic. <laughs> that big of a deal? I would say the answer is 
in general, if we're talking outside the scope of disc golf and rules, it doesn't matter to me if someone takes 35 seconds or 40 or a minute. But when it comes to rules, we can, we can say they're dumb, but if they're in place, they should be followed, they should be enforced. That's, that's where I'm at with it. Now, if we don't like it, we should work towards removing it. So if anyone wants to start a petition to the PDGA, that's where he would go. Um, that's interesting topic. Um, but so all said and done, do I think anything's going to change? Nico felt a little bit of pressure in the previous year. We know that Gannon Burr did following the finale, like, cause he got called out and he started shifting. It will start to happen, but players themselves are going to, if every player, and I'm not suggesting this is the way to handle it, but if every touring player went on their social account and did what Drew Gibson did today, do you think Nico would hear that? Do you think Nico heard Drew Gibson's social post? I think he did. Someone had to have sent it to him. So if everybody did that, Nico is going to say something or he's going to be like, I got to fix this. So like it can be changed. Is it a big deal or should we just say, let's get rid of the rule? But then you have to be really discretionary with time. I, I think yeah. there's a, there's a time and place for it all. So that's kind I'm of kinda, ra wrapping up the conversation. What do you got, Nick? Yeah. And that's what uh, it's kind of bounces off. It's not at all pertaining to Nico or Time violation, but someone was saying Joel took casual relief where or Daniel was saying Joel took casual relief where it wasn't allowed, got several strokes for it. And he's saying that to someone. I haven't heard this. Have you guys heard anything about it? Yeah. So it wasn't that he wasn't allowed to by the rules. It's that he thought he couldn't get to a certain place, maybe because there's thorns or just too much brush. It, it seemed that the rest of his card thought he might have been able to do it. And before they kind of decided, Joel stepped up uh, to the casual relief place through and just kind of went on and the the rest of the card was kind of like oh we didn't decide that yet it's kind of it's up to your whole card yeah uh and i think the rest of the round continued on and at the end of the round he was he was penalized for that um he didn't play provisional or anything because he didn't think he could step there yeah dude casual relief is another finicky rule i've actually you know when you play earlier in the year and snow's melting a lot of soggy areas wet stuff like wetlands stuff like that I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, do I get casual relief off this? And I'm like, well, you can put your foot there. It doesn't matter if it's a little wet. It's not like your foot is sinking into a lake. So I was like, I don't think you're supposed to It has to, to be standing water. Like, like standing water is in like. No, like just... it could have flooded, let's say, a, a depression in the fairway. Mm -hmm. And it's a 10 foot circle of water or, or four mm -hmm. foot circle. If it's standing water, that's yeah. not part of like it's declared as casual because it wasn't a part yeah. of the original course design, then yes, you can take casual relief, but not for like a muddy if you're, ground. If you, yeah. If you're, if you're in a, a Creek that is listed as casual, you know, where you can play in the you Creek. You can't make I'm up what it. casual is during a tournament. That's your point. Exactly. Like, and that's casual. What, yeah. No, not. I feel like people are like kind of also in that you regards can't. of like, I don't think yeah. you can make up what's casual. You cannot do that. It has to be declared as casual before the tournament round starts. Okay. Gotcha. I'm almost 100% sure, and someone can correct that's where, me on Yeah, that, that's but. where I'm kind of like, but if you can put your foot there and you have a solid stance on it, it's not like I can say, oh, my foot doesn't feel comfortable here or it might get a little wet. <laughs> it might get wet, so this and then is I move my, No, you can't. Yeah, then I move my foot back five feet, and it's I, like, I no, no, I have a wide open putt. But I don't know. There's so many rules that just don't... Which is why have tournament directors to, I, before an event if it rains the night before they need to go check the course and see if there's standing water that wasn't there the day before and here's the thing if they don't call it as casual then you need to go into it if it's not marked as ob like you'd need mm -hmm. to go into it so yeah. that's it this is a good like it opens up a lot of doors to this conversation and we'd continue yeah. on but nick's getting ready to hit the road 
Yeah. Well, I was going to, I'll end it on this. Right, we'll put it on I you think, then. You can stay up yeah, there. I think some of the, uh, oh, I'm staying up all night. I think some of the rules uh, are just kind of worded a little weird. And I've noticed that, like, I've seen pro players talking about it recently and in golf. And I've seen this before on the PGA Tour. A player will go up to a ball and not know whether he's supposed to be hitting it in that spot. I, I remember this happened last year, I think, of one of the top professionals. There was some, like, little great thing right in front of it. And he had the rules official come over. They, like, called him over. And he was like, do, do I have to play from here? Do I get a drop? And the guy's like, oh, well, you know, this spot right here. You drop it from the hip. And then if it rolls twice, you know, there's a bunch of different things. But a, long story short, a rules official came over, gave him the ruling on it. And to where I was like, do you think the player even knew that rule? Or are they just asking the rules official because they have the luxury of doing that? So that's my spiel. All right. Um, that's the Discura discussion. That is the Discura if you're looking for sweatshirts, lifestyle, or UPF 50 rated hats, anything cool apparel wise, go to DiscuraDG.com. Also got a couple more. You actually can't really see the stamp, but that's one of my. Oh, you can't even see it on the screen right now. But right, right there. That's <laughs> one of my uh, night, the Dark Knight stamped discs. There's a couple more forces. I think there's a nuke or two and like an undertaker. So check them out. DiscuraDG.com. That was a good discussion. I think um, I don't want to have that discussion over and over and over again, because when it comes to, like I said, rules getting changed and all that, it takes some time, but I'll I'll just end saying that. So we have, we have a few more small things to talk about before we get to that in, in the show here, Nick, by the way, I think you're in a new place. I don't know if you brought any jerky with you, but we got to get you some more there. I actually have, are we about to open up some jerky right yeah, now? Yeah, you want to, you want right. to, yeah, here's double G, whoa, double G craft. This is smashed cracked pepper, everybody. This is, I always think I have found my favorite, then I have another one. Here you go, Evan. Ooh, let's go. Um, this, everybody, that we are enjoying right now is double G craft jerky. They have jerky subscriptions. You can get three months, six months, 12 months subscriptions where you choose what jerky they send you for that period of time once a month. So if you do a three month subscription, you will get once a month, whatever you ordered for three months. If you did a year long every month, you would get shipped jerky every month for a year. The subscriptions are awesome. Tournament player packs are fantastic. They have multiple options, multiple levels there. I uh, use the code Nick and Matt. You'll get a free gift with your order. Uh, you're trying to hand me back the jerky and I'll take so, it gladly. I have one pack with me right now that actually I think Paul and Hannah gave to me when I was leaving Texas. And it is the hot boom sauce. So you, you like hot good. boom sauce, don't you? Dude, I <laughs> am an absolute wimp when it comes to anything hot. And so I'm going to try one bite of this and I'm probably going to start sweating. Probably going to have to leave the show early. But, um, <laughs> do it, Nick. Do it. We all I want you actually, to. I was actually saving this, which I'm going to save the rest of it, but I'm saving it for my tonight? drive down to Florida tonight because I figured if I eat something really spicy, it might kind of like wake me up, kind of, you know, could work. Get me awake again. So, and, uh, but anyway, so I'm going to have a bite. Go ahead and have a bite. Flakes on it. We'll talk for a little bit. We'll watch your face turn red. Um, Ben or Evan, what's your response to the smash crack pepper? They're eating. They don't want to talk. Um, smashed cracked pepper, crackle pop, um, is amazing. Is it's a little sweet. It's savory. I think it's a little sweet, Maybe. but it also has that peppery taste. Very peppery that we all know and love. And like, if you had um sunflower seeds, black pepper, 
Kind of like that. So I did something today, guys. <clears throat> You're like, you did? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, did I did a lot of things wow. today. Okay, put two up. Nick's starting to cry. <laughs> yeah. But what I I'm wanted to tell you, I did. some apple juice Breathe right now. in and out a lot with a wide mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's pouring a bottle of water. He is really, oh, it's apple juice, pour, baby. Pour my apple juice. <clears throat> so I went and got extra sharp cheddar cheese. Now, this is just extra bonus for this this you know topic we're having of of double g craft jerky because i'm actually telling you a story extra sharp cheddar cheese and those ritz buttery crackers you know those circle ones i was eating them like for a work snack today and i happened to have next to me the smashed crack pepper jerky Ooh, and i was like this is taking things to the next level like have like some cracker with cheese and then like that smash crack pepper jerky amazing um like a charcuterie board <laughs> yeah double g you're gonna have to send me another pack because i found a new work snack <laughs> quick quick snack recommendation <clears throat> cheese it's with a little bit of like chocolate like a chocolate chip or like a hershey's what ew it's like a s'mores but with cheese it's what I'm not, I'm not kidding it is good <clears throat> try it out try it out i promise wow that just popped into my mind but that's i like fantastic. your idea too no that's that's hey Everyone has their things. Nick, it's he's breathing. Yeah, heavy. so I'm gonna I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my review on it now. Um, like I said, I I've had barbecue sauce that was too spicy for me before. Like that's how, excuse me, that's how bad I can't do spiciness. This is this is really hot. It's it's not like insane. Like I've had hotter than this, but to me, the aftertaste of what I'm feeling right now is not enjoyable like why do i want my mouth to feel like this but someone like matt over there is like bro let me get the ghost peppers and i'll put that on this right now like it's insane so oh that's actually that's another body is actually kind of hot right now that's another idea dude i had never thought of that maybe the chat has done this before you take the jerky and you get some hot sauce and you pour some hot sauce on your jerky like I'm going to call the cops on you because you guys are psychos if no, that's what like, you're doing. And I'm being serious. Like, that sounds legitimately good. Now, I'm not saying, like, ghost. All that could be good, too. But yeah. Like, you some good hot sauce. The right kind of hot sauce. Like, I'm thinking, like, a sweet habanero like that. I just I have the one in my back at home, like, that I just know would be perfect. I just want to, like, <laughs> uh, I just want to do it now. So here's what here's the thing. And everyone, I guarantee people are like, you're still talking about jerky. We're just having a casual conversation. I think we're going to do a segment with double G craft jerky. Cause we've all talked about it where we're like, this is really good. And we talked about gas station jerky. We're going to play a game and it's going to be like a question game and we'll go around the room type deal. And if you get it right, you get to have double G, you take a bite of double G jerky. If you get it wrong, you get the gas station jerky. <laughs> like it's going to be like a punishment. If you go over three, you got to stick with the slim Jim. <laughs> Hey, Slim Jims have their place, but yeah, it's not jerky. Like it's not even close to this quality, quality jerky. So Nick's still downing the apple juice. Yeah, I, I have. I wish I had milk right now, which actually my okay. girlfriend always makes fun of me because I always drink milk when I have spicy stuff. But um, oh, but I have milk cranberry. is a tool. It helps. Oh, yeah. oh god, yeah. We were we were out to dinner when we first started dating, actually, and we went to this really really fun restaurant right by our house called Iron and Ale. And so I ordered the honey sriracha bites because the time before I had them, they just tasted like a sweet barbecue. This time, guys, I'm kind of sweating right now. I'm not going to lie. This time, 
they're the hottest little chicken bites that I've ever had. It was insane. I was sitting there dying. Like I had my glass of milk. I had her glass of milk. I had my friends, excuse me, a uh, glass of water. Finally, as a waitress, I said, <laughs> do you guys have milk? Because I'm literally dying to where I'm about to walk to the gas station and get some milk because I'm literally dying right now. And she brought me over like two massive cups of whole milk. And what it was homie. like, dude, now, were they Crisis really that hot, averted. or were you just that nervous? <laughs> no, I wasn't nervous at all at that point, believe me. Messing. And uh, No, I know. But this is actually, I'm going to stop eating this right now, because I, I literally am getting here, like, my mouth is on fire. But it's really like, good. Okay, so this is the last topic. It, very good taste. This is the last topic. It, <laughs> we just talked about Drew Gibson calling out time violations and fractions and saying it needs to be addressed. And then he does another post, and I, I don't remember the timing of it, after or before. But he's like, hey, I could be the best-ranked player by October. And part of me goes, is that really, like, a hot take if you're saying it about yourself, number one? And number two, the could phrase, I could. <laughs> Here goes people saying Matt, Matt's talking himself up. Yeah. I could be, I could be the top-ranked player. <laughs> like, the word could. I come from the safety world where we talk about shoulds and shalls and all that kind of stuff and, like, what it means. Could means. Yes, you could be, but I think Drew was trying to actually make more of like a hot take in a way. There's two, there's two part question to this. Is he doing that to pump himself up and motivate himself mentally? Like, I believe I can do it. It's like the believe it, you can do it, right? Or is he trying to do some form of like, I don't want to say publicity stunt, but making a post like that, like I'm going to try to rile people up to get them talking about me and to, to watch closer I'm talking a big game myself. Do you think there's a little bit of both of that? What's your reaction? I'm going to Evan because I want to hear what he has to say. I, he, he said he was going to be the, the highest rated player. Ranked. The, ranked. So Udis world rankings, for instance. He goes, I could be number one ranked. He goes, I don't mean to like ruffle any feathers kind of thing, but that's me. Yeah, I, I think that's more attainable than highest rating because mm -hmm. I, I think he could get hot for three, four events and just dominate and that could push him high enough to do that where like rating i think it would take you know kind of a year long to get 1055 or whatever uh is eagle or ricky i don't even know who's number one in that sense right now but i i see it being possible what would he have to do like how many I, would he have to win i think you'd have to win like four or five in a row or in like a two-month period like it would have to be like winning worlds <laughs> winning i mean the pro tour championship it would be or USDGC, one of those two or both. Like it would just need to wow. be a lot of big wins. And I think Drew Gibson has showed us that's possible. I think we all know that he could on any day, again using could, uh, be there in tour championship. He was there in the final round, won Vegas. Um at uh Ledgestone had an incredible run. Was it I don't know. Some event he had an incredible run in the woods. Mm -hmm. Ledgestone, I think yeah, Ledgestone he did great up. Yeah, I think could is absolutely a right word. I think will I I would put it at under five percent, and that's not to say that's not that's not to be rude. I just I think oh it's not rude, but like it's oh it's greater than zero. I'm gonna read it for you, and then Nick can react. Call me delusional, crazy, or whatever you please, but I truthfully believe, truthfully believe. But then he goes to the could. I truthfully believe by the end of the season I could be the best player in the world. Udisc says I'm number six now. Just to put it in perspective, that is pretty high. This is no disrespect to whoever you think is in that number one spot. Now I just believe in myself, and I think I'm making the correct adjustments to be in the conversation come 
mid-October. I hope you all have a day, and I can't wait to get back out on the road. Like, Nick, I don't think you feel like you'll be the number one ranked, but at no. what point At what point do you think you would make Not a post year. like that? Yeah, at what point do you think you would make a post like that? What would have to be in place for you to make a post like that? I mean, not shooting 1075 and then 950. So that would that would be a pretty good start. I'm allowed to joke about it by myself. <laughs> Are we no, allowed um, to laugh? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Um, just kidding. No, on a serious <laughs> note, though, um, he, like that post, he says, I truthfully believe that i could yeah be in that spot to where it's kind of like he probably just didn't read it that way but it's almost like you're contradicting yourself to where it's like oh yeah i could be there i truthfully believe i could be there or is it i truthfully believe that that's something that i could do like i think that's something that i can obtain this year drew drew has an incredible skill set he's one of the best backhand players on the road right now arguably has the most fun backhand to watch, especially when it comes to throwing buzzes and mid ranges, whatever he's throwing for the most part, he's got a very fun backhand game to watch. His putting is streaky, but when it's on, as we've seen in years past and tournaments past, his putter is on. Um, he has realistically no sidearm. And I say that in a sense, he has a sidearm, but it's not anywhere near like the Paul McBeths, the Rickies, the Eagles, or even let's say the Eulaberries you know, out there where they have a sidearm to where if the T-pad calls for this shot to be a sidearm, you know, they can throw that sidearm. Drew is someone who will always lean on the backhand, which I think can kind of hurt you in some areas. Could Drew be ranked number one at some point in this season? Maybe. I think like Evan said, I think there's a small chance of it. But I also, if he's saying it in a way to not like Russell Feathers to not just get his name out there publicity wise, if he's saying it to where he truly believes that, then I think that's a great post. I mean, he he's won disc golf pro tours before. He played great at the pro tour championships. He's got podium finishes. You know, he's won in two different playoffs. I think both of his pro tours were from playoffs, right? I mean, the dude can play. I think so. Yeah. In summarization, as we get ready to close out. I think my take on it is that he's, no, I don't think my take on it. I think, and this is my take on it, that he is feeling good, like actually mentally as a player. He's in a good mindset. Things are going well for him right now. I think if you follow social media, he just seems like he's happy right now with life. Yeah. I think that that's where that's really stemming from is what Nick's saying. I think he's actually saying like, Hey, like I'm casting out the vision that I have and I like, sorry, it is what it is, but this is how I feel. And as an athlete, you can say that anytime you want. Number one, some might call you delusional, as he said. But I also think you say that if you want to start believing what you can do too. And if there's that percentage, that's where you say it. So Evan says 5%. I think if there's even 1% chance, that's an appropriate place for you to start dreaming that and feeling that. And I joked earlier about me and saying I could, but the, the percentage there is not even 1%. Like it's lower than 1%. That's where I draw my line. <laughs> if it's yeah. like 0.2%, it's like, no, like you can't say yeah. that. Yeah, that's yeah. at least that's my I, line. I'm going to throw this down. I, I don't think Drew is going to be number one um, rated in any ranking system, but I do think he'll win another elite or major event this year. Before Calvin Heinberg? 
I think they both get one more for the rest of the season. Elite. Calvin gets one. Drew gets one. Pro Tour. So Drew ends with two. Wow. Wow. Okay. Nick, we're ending the show eight minutes early for you because you got to drive all night. Nice. So we've made it to that point. And I just want to say before we close out, just to address, if there's audio issues, we're going to work very hard to, to eliminate them. This was kind of a last minute pull off. Like we got Nick on like right before the show, trying the whole new system out. We will work to get there. We kind of bumbled our way through. I'm going to listen back to it. We should have zero issue figuring it all out. There are some weird things going on that we'll look at here, but thank you very much for putting up with it. We will be back full capacity um, starting soon. And I think, and I'll tease this out there. Our plan is to get Ben to produce a full show with me out of studio in a few weeks like that's the goal so maybe i'll we'll try to set him up for success <laughs> we'll just throw it all to him have fun well yeah we'll give it a go so all right nick we've made it we've made it to the end of the show cool well for everyone uh tuning into the show tonight live thank you for dealing with all the technical setup that we have to go through uh i actually do think this platform that we are rolling on is going to be a lot better than the skype program that we are using i will say on my end it was a lot nicer having them just enter a virtual green room and then they're just there we bring them in at that point with skype it was everything lags out for a minute and then whatever that's not stuff you guys need to hear but anyways thank you for all tuning in to our post-production listeners or post-audio listeners thank you for also downloading our podcast uh, leave a comment like subscribe go ahead and subscribe to the channel shout out to matt pipke who is our latest subscriber hit that like button it only takes a few seconds tell some of them this week We'll catch you in the next one. Dude, I just want to give a shout out to one of our fans in the chat. Brookie is the username. And I just have to shout it out because it's such a good thing to read. I'll leave it at that. Thanks, Brookie. And everyone wonders what it is. You're going to have to go check out the chat later. Uh, ben, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. <laughs> Nick, you're awesome. Peace out, everybody. Until next time. Peace. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.